Hello and welcome to another episode of the Val and the Frog podcast. Today we're talking about alcohol, smoking, use of narcotics, and everything around that. Uh, but as always, uh, let's start how it's due. Tashko, how are you? Eh, mediocre. My injury is still not fully healed. But apart from that, I'm happy as usual and ready for today. Well, I guess that's a bit of a struggle because every single time it tends to be like a little bit of a thrill. Sometimes you're really like, oh yeah, everything's going better with the injury. It's almost healed and then we just come back for another episode, which might be like depending on where we're recording a few hours later and then be like, well, now it's not going. I don't even know what's happening and I'm kind of involved in it full time. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully one day you're like, everything's great with that. Yeah, now... This is the winter break in the German football leagues, so I don't really have to, have to train or play so I can get a full month of rest and be fully healed for the start of the second part of the season. Well, hopefully that does come through. Um, anyway, uh, let's get into today's topic. Let's maybe start with like the most prominent one, maybe the one that's like, uh, involved most people percentage-wise. Um, let's start on alcohol. Do you drink? And if you do, uh, what sorts of amounts are we talking? I drink very rarely. No, usually only when I'm with some friends and kind of everyone drinks. So it's the, it's socially required for me to drink in order to bend it with the group. Uh, normally about, let's say, one, one cup, one glass of the alcoholic drink served so not that much i mean in terms of volume amounts i would say not more than 300 milliliters i think that's that's a good estimate i mean definitely a more precise answer than i was expecting anyway so uh, I mean, is there a particular reason you don't drink any more than that, or...? Well, no, nah, not really. I mean, uh, as I said, I, I usually drink only for the... to bend in socially, so to say. Uh, I, you, even, even nowadays, if someone offers me a drink, I kind of just take it and not really drink it. Uh, because... mainly because I don't really like the taste of alcohol. If I... If I be- if I mix it with some juices, like make a cocktail, then then I can drink, then I can drink more. But pure alcohol without without mentioning cocktails, not that much. I see. Uh, I mean, we that what you're mentioning is very very much what we see whenever there's like gatherings, especially for people around that early twenties, late teens, you know, age. Alcohol seems to be like um like you can't really not have it and it seems it's like it's a bit of a socially like everyone's a bit peer pressured into drinking and you can't really have a party without alcohol there. Um I mean, why do you think that is the case? Like why is it so um like why do we see it as a definite like a mandatory part of a party? Well, maybe because when we are younger, we see the older guys, our fathers and older people in general, when they have some gathering or some party, some celebrations, they, there, there is always alcohol. 
So, and also it's kind of, as I said, for me, personally, it's difficult to drink alcohol. I don't really like the taste. So it is, so there are two things. First, you try to emulate the older guys. And second, if you are able to drink the alcohol and not make funny faces, not be disgusted, then you're kind of a tough guy. So you show you show yourself that you're older and you're tougher. So I think these are the two main factors. I don't know. Maybe it is like um, you do maybe feel a little bit like, oh, I'm doing what the grown-ups are doing, I guess, at a certain point. But probably only like that sounds like um, uh, you got like a two per two three percent alcohol at a party of sixteen year olds, and then they're like. Oh my god, I, I just had a sip. Um, I wouldn't say that that would explain much why... Like, But because also from what I've seen, it's not only just about, oh, I have some alcohol. A lot of the times it's, oh, I'm having a lot of alcohol and most of the people are there to get drunk. Um, and something like... Well, hopefully most people don't have to see their parents drunk and anything like that. Um, so... Yeah, I wouldn't see what you said to be much of a factor in that sort of case. So if if we say that uh, your estimate of our cause for the first part was sort of correct, how would you explain then the behavioral pattern of wanting to get drunk? That's a difficult question. Maybe, maybe there is the sort of thing that you kind of get separated from reality that I think mostly what happens even with even with drugs with every every substance with substance which acts in your brain in a certain way you kind of get separated from reality and if you have a tough life some problems then you can you can distance yourself from them and you oh, will... so it's like an escapism sort of yeah okay uh yeah for sure no for sure that's um and it's I mean, it's a healthier way, I'd say, to at least do it with with people at parties and stuff like that. Probably the last thing you want is escaping from reality by getting yourself drunk while alone and all of that sort of stuff. Although one is borderline the other anyway, so I don't know whether... Like, I wouldn't suggest either. Um, I am also someone who does drink r- occasionally, but... I've never been drunk, and it is sort of a aim for me to, like, keep it that way. Like, because I see the pros of alcohol. I see how, like, uh, people get, like, feel a little bit easier around others. Uh, It's, like, loosens you up a little bit and all of that. We know all these stuff. But then I kind of really don't like the idea of being drunk. Um, That, like... even if with a little bit of alcohol, sure, maybe you have a little bit of a alteration to your mind state. Like you can notice um, some like bodily functions, stuff like balance and uh, your vision and stuff like that being deteriorated a little bit in a sense. Uh, but then like getting yourself in a mind state where like you cannot think straight at all. Um, sound, I don't know. I just fail to really see any positives out of it. Uh, like, am I missing something? 
No, I mean, probably probably you can, you can feel happier and do funny things. I mean, I personally haven't been drunk also. I would like to try it some someday. Uh, I mean, as I said, it's kind of difficult when you don't really like the taste of alcohol. Uh, but I mean, for now at least, I can have fun even with the other guys who are drunk while being sane and sober. So, yeah, maybe some people just kind of loosen their inner restrictions and are able to experience life in a funnier way while being drunk. Mm. I wanted to touch on that. So let me just um, I'll bring you back a little bit there where you said being able to enjoy yourself at a place uh, when you are actually sober and the people around you aren't. Um, okay, as a person who has had to do that, what are your like, how do you manage that? Like, what would you say is a good technique for you to be in a place where most of the people are drunk and you are not? Since, like, I've, I know sometimes people think that's a little bit awkward and it's a bit weird to be around drunk people. So how do you manage? Yeah, I, I just think I don't need the alcohol to do the stupid things and behave funny and stupidly in front of the other guys. So maybe I'm kind of drunk uh, all the time. Uh, so I just kind of, I don't really feel any pressure to do any sort of things. I'm just being myself. And if the drunk guys do something funny, I just laugh at them and have a good time. Hmm. Yeah, like, well, yeah, sure. Um, I I do have like a little, just because I'm also someone who doesn't necessarily need the alcohol in order to do stupid things. Yeah. That that helps. I I, I assume that's kind of um, then a uh, down to a bit more like personality traits and stuff where some people would need the alcohol for sure and some wouldn't that much. Uh, but then there is that like also I feel for me there's like this little temptation especially when you're there, um, like because if you are drinking then the people around you feel like it's a bit more comfortable like to get. To start drinking as well so sometimes i see that as a i don't know when i'm especially when i'm with people who maybe would be a bit more tense and would need alcohol i don't know that kind of um subconsciously kind of pushes me to drink as well which sort of sounds bad because it like when i'm processing it now it kind of sounds like well i want to drink in order for them to drink as well but there is that like little like a social allure of it where it pushes you to for like the drinks to be going around if you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you have to make the most of the situation you have to make the other guys drink if they need it so you can have a good laugh with or at them yeah i mean it's probably not a good thing i don't know it sounds bad at least but i know that i have done stuff like this where like one of the um, I've I've had like a decent amount of alcohol like maybe two three times in my life really um, nothing major but like I know that I normally like to play um, if it's alcohol I like normally to have some sort of uh, drinking game involved just because it gives you a little bit more of a First, it gives you something to do. It creates like interesting scenarios and funny scenarios for you to like indulge in, and then it gets the alcohol going as well. So it's like an icebreaker, but also it gives you like kind of sort of a reason for the alcohol to be. It's not just like 
usaging a drinking plane. Um, and so I know that I found out actually that I do tend to do quite well with alcohol. And uh, I think it was like my birthday party. Um, was that this year or last year? I don't know. One of the two. But um, we were playing something like this and uh, there was like a challenge where uh, one person starts to drink. And as long as they keep drinking, everyone else around needs to continue on. Um, and I'm pretty sure I double-fisted um, two large cups of like, I don't know, rum and coke and drunk, like drank the first as slow as possible. And when that finished and I cannot drag it on any longer, I just continued <laughs> in the second cup uh, in order to get, I don't know, get the people drinking as much as possible, which again sounds horrible probably. But yeah, I, I did found, find out that actually having quite a bit of alcohol didn't really affect me at all. So, I mean, it's a all right skill to have, I guess. I don't know. How do you handle alcohol? Like you, you said that you haven't had too much, but um, have you had like any experiences where you have felt like maybe oh, maybe here is kind of my limit where maybe after that it will go a bit too much? No, never really. Just have never felt anything in my brain, like any physical deteriorations. My concentration was always sharp. My mind was always sharp. Never felt really anything besides the awful taste of some alcoholic drink if it's bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, now that I think about it again, uh, I think after I found that out, after I find I can handle alcohol, now there is like, because normally I do have that like attention seeking aspect of my personality. And whenever I'm in a place somewhere, I don't necessarily enjoy alcohol. So I wouldn't like have it for absolutely no reason. And then if there is like not any games or anything going like i would just probably at the beginning maybe down a few drinks uh just because it gets you a little like i remember the last time i had any alcohol i was in the netherlands actually and there was those i think there we had like a mojito going like for some i don't know but um i literally just x like two two cups three cups in the space of a minute I don't know. Um, there's not really an explanation for it, but I know that like the reaction of the people with me who are like basically like, what are you doing? That uh, maybe like um, got me like a little kick, and that's what kind of pushes me to do it in a sort of sense. But it, it is very interesting to look at it like how strong of a social aspect alcohol can be, but from like different perspectives. Although the thing with the um, Again, if I kind of roll it back again a little on the whole getting drunk thing, I think that me having to care for some people who have been drunk around me has maybe pushed me even further away from the like allure that some people have from getting drunk. I know, like, do you have any stories of uh, anyone around you like being very drunk or something? Uh, yeah, there is this common friend of ours from high school usually when we went i think each time when i went to the 
club with him. He gets really drunk in whatever city, wherever we are. He gets really drunk and then we have to kind of take care of him because he won't really be able to go home by himself. So let's say... Okay, let's say one time, uh, I think it was summer of 2021, when we were walking towards the the club, let's say 7, 8 p.m., there was this cone uh, sitting on the road, which some guy obviously used to mark his parking space, I think. And the cone was tied, uh, was tied with a chain, an, a metal chain. And this guy, this friend of ours, let's call him X. So X, X says, oh, why, why does this cone have a chain on it? Haha, <laughs> very funny. And then let's say around 3 or 4 a.m. after the club, we were w- walking home with this guy. And person X notices the cone, but of course doesn't remember anything about his previous interaction with it. And tries to... It says, oh, look, a cone. And basically, football kicks it as hard as he can. And the cone almost almost separates itself from the iron chain. And like everyone starts laughing. I think he even slipped and fell back, back on his arse. Something like that. And I mean, the whole situation was really funny. And then he kind of, he kind of uh, got up and was like, but why is everybody laughing at me or something like that? And I remember that and I found, find the story pretty funny. I doubt you'd want to be the person, like you wouldn't be the person X if you can have an like you know? No, I would actually like, like, really love to be the person X. I think it, I think it was really funny. <laughs> uh, well, do you, do you mean by like again maybe from like attention seeking point of view or like what exactly would uh, bring you some sort of enjoyment of being that person who was in this like on first glance kind of embarrassing situation? Yeah, maybe the attention the attention seeking part. But as well as if I if I don't I think he he didn't really remember it very well in the morning. But I mean, when if I was person X and they tell me, oh look at what you did last night, and I think we we even recorded him. So I mean, I would be kind of proud that I I I was able to come up with that sort of a stupid thing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I I, I see it. I see it. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I've had like. Uh, multiple occasions where like especially like um when you start getting sick and yeah as you said sometimes you can't really get yourself home at all like i don't know i i just wouldn't want any of that um it's a bit i don't know um just doesn't particularly feel like there's much of a positive to it um and it is dangerous like when you cannot control yourself, it is quite dangerous uh, being out and about or even like just something as like you sleeping because uh, I have had like discussed that um, scenario because it, it did happen to like a musician uh, where like they um, got sick while sleeping, but they weren't turned to the side. So I think they um, died basically from that like they drowned um which 
Yeah, it's not. It's, it doesn't. It sounds like a very, very bad way to go. Uh, very humiliating in a sense, and very preventable as well. Uh, so I don't know. It's just and also I think I've, I grew up that sort of way. I remember from um, like being very little, my parents always be like, "Oh, um, be, uh, always like uh, when you're having alcohol, always like." make sure to have like a solid meal before and drink water while doing it and all sort of that kind of stuff. Cause yeah, that's like, I don't know. Um, I'm going to ask you in a second, but uh, my parents never really were, well, don't drink any alcohol, but they were always like, okay, if you're drinking or when you're drinking, do this, do that. Like how did your parents kind of handle alcohol as a topic when you're growing up? Yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of the same. Never really had any restrictions. I mean, my father gave me to drink from his beer. I think since I was, let's say, seven years old or something like that. And I quit beer effectively at the age of fourteen or thirteen. So yeah, uh, <laughs> never one had really forbidden me to drink alcohol. Don't really, yeah, didn't really have that much restrictions. I mean, uh, I've kind of had, you mentioned the story of the person dying. I think one of my aunts died in a similar way before I was born. So basically it was winter and she was drunk and she went, because she was drunk, she kind of fell asleep on some uh, on some bench nearby some park and the snow covered her up and she died because of the cold, the coldness, the cold. So yeah, I mean, I have heard definitely some stories of bad things happening when you're drunk so i think i think that maybe has kind of prevented me from heavily drinking when i have had the opportunities but i think that's may mainly on a subconscious level never really thought about it at the moment okay i mean yeah it's still good to have it though like um that if you do have that whole subconscious little sign of drink responsibly it, I, I doubt like it it does not um like affect you in any negative way basically um it, it's good to like at least if you are getting drunk to make sure you have someone who would like like look after you and stuff because you do see stuff like this when i've been to clubs and stuff where there's like a random person just on the ground somewhere alone and like we would stop and be like well like are you okay like who are you with like what's going on because i don't know especially like in that sort of state being alone sounds like uh even worse sort of deal than at least like because not like in, in this the, where i said maybe where i was looking after somebody at least I see it in this way, like, okay, if I was drunk, I would like to think at least that I would have someone who would do the same for me. Like, well, they'll maybe walk me back and stuff like, or like whatever the sort of case is, because sometimes it's a different sort of scenario, of course. Um, but yeah, um, it is, and it's like a, it gets very blurry where when we are talking about the sort of state of how drunk a drunk person is and like where i'm kind of going with this is okay um how do we sort of separate where the line is 
okay, I need to get a little bit drunk in order to, as I said before, let loose a little bit, make sure I'm in a bit more in my flow, um, get that shyness away, maybe get a bit more extroverted and start maybe be able to talk to strangers or like the common case when we're talking about something like this would be uh, picking up a guy or a girl. But then um, if let's say that's like a kind of starting point of um, affected by alcohol, drunk or whatever, um, where, like, is there like a little bit of a too, too far to like approach? And again, uh, maybe on both sides where like you can see somebody is a bit too drunk and then you'd be like, okay, that person, like, don't, don't try anything with this person. And also, um, where do you kind of go for, because I think that's an obvious one where, okay, obviously, I don't try to get it on with someone who's visibly very drunk. I assume you agree on that, right? Yeah, I think it should be approached or used at least in some sort of a, it's a ritual. So you know how football players, let's say they always tie their left shoe before they right one or something like that. So if you had a drink or two, and this is normally a common practice for you before you go on and let's say hit upon a girl or something, something like that, whatever you need. You you can you can even subconsciously feel better because you've done your already done your ritual. It's it's a sing- signal for good luck. And I think that doesn't really bother me. If if you kinda go too much over the line, that then so effectively whenever you cannot really control your mind you you are not very sharp you do not have any sharp thoughts and anything else connected with slowing your brain functions then it's then it's you have crossed the line hmm. okay so yeah i mean yeah obviously when and then like once you get alcohol and other substances involved like consent gets very blurry and it just like i would recommend against playing in that sort of territory is like at all just not risking it sounds as best as possible but then i would sort like obviously okay someone taking advantage someone who's very drunk obviously like uh it's like obviously a thing, a thing to condemn but uh, what i exactly want to ask you there is uh let's say because we know that like those um kind of morning regrets and all of that sort of stuff uh, where like you got drunk, you picked up somebody or something and then after that you sort of either regret the fact that you did it at all but also sometimes it's even as petty as maybe oh, last night with the, when I had the beer goggles basically, you were looking a lot better and you were kind of like, oh, who, who did I sleep with kind of sort of situation. How would like how would you say would we like for let's say like we're talking about you um, at what point would you say like um, you've had way too much to like you'll be where is the line where you go okay I maybe shouldn't do anything because I don't think I'm really in a state of mind where I should be doing anything like where. Where is that middle of the road uh, point in between um, a few 
drinks in me for courage, but then not too drunk, uh, so I'm not functioning. But there's also maybe a line where you should be like, okay, maybe I'm kind of pushing it a bit too much. And at this point, I should just probably get home. Uh, where is that sort of line, do you think? I can't really say because I've never really been in a condition when I've had too much drinks. But I think the problem here is a little bit like, say you're on a diet, you're cutting weight for some competition, you're, I don't know, trying to do something. And you see some really nice chocolate cake sitting around in the shop. And if you decide to go go in the shop and buy it and eat it, you will get an instant gratification from the fact that you've eaten chocolate, you know? It tastes nice. Uh, but in the long term, you're kind of losing your goal, you're detrimenting your own future because you will not be able to make weight for the competition or whatever. So I think that uh, with alcohol, it's kind of the same because uh, you said the same. Uh, you may get get some girl or whatever, but in the long term, if your if your mind has lost its ability to calculate calculate what what it really needs to do, I mean your long term goals. Why, let's say you do this while you are on some party with your I don't know teachers or something like that, and this will impact you negatively because they would think. Uh, they would not think as high of you and something like that. I mean, if alcohol has the ability to detriment something long term and you kind of see that you're losing the ability to to keep yourself from from doing the said action, I think then then you're on the line. So I think the problem with alcohol is kind of the same as your doubt, your doubts to eat some really delicious chocolate cake. Well, but then, do you think it's possible for you yourself to like to stop yourself basically from then maybe uh, continuing on or having more alcohol or doing this or that? Or do you think it's like okay, you're sort of in that uh, <clears throat> altered mind state a little bit, so it will be harder for you to have that self control? And if if that's the case, like. How are we like? What can you do about it? Can you? Um, is there any way? Because we've talked about like self control and discipline and all that sort of stuff. But then when you get into um, those sort of aspects, but when under the influence, um, it gets a bit a lot harder. Do you think it's something you can work on in any way? Do you think it's um, in general possible, or maybe? Would the best suggestion uh, be maybe, again, rely sort of on the people you go with and make sure you go with like people you trust and like sort of rely on them to maybe stop you in a certain sense and like care for you in a, that sort of way? Yeah, if we approach alcohol and view it as some sort of a poison, then we can remember that some Roman emperors actually drank poison with their foods every night. So, but in, only in small portions in order to condition themselves to be resistant to a uh, set number of set quantities of the poison. And then they increased the, their in daily intake by small amounts. And then when somebody actually tried to poison them, they, they were already immune to the poison. 
So I think if you go out with people you trust, your your close friends, your family, even sometimes, uh, you can always, I think, up the level of alcohol. I mean, you have to consult your body between well, before that. You have to you have to know that each person is different, and you can kind of up your intake levels and still uh, stay conscious, sane, uh, being able to uh, to think properly. So I think it can be trained the same way as the as emperors train them themselves to defend against being poisoned. Well, and again, like that's um, with because with the poison we have like a sort of end goal. Like let's say the poison just affects you to an amount, and then that's like the most you can build up to basically. But then with alcohol. Uh, I think it's more of a infinite progression where, okay, I know that now one cup wouldn't affect me, two wouldn't, three wouldn't, and I've gotten myself to a point where maybe ten wouldn't, but then for that, for every ten that you can survive, there's an eleventh you can have. Uh, if you see what I mean, where that maybe is a little bit different. So, I mean, that kind of is leading me maybe to think uh, the better way of looking at it is um because then it becomes more of a game of percentage more when it comes to the just chance and um the better you are with drinking and then again stuff like um training your body to do um not body necessarily but it's more mind maybe um to have water and to always make sure to have had the food before and all that so like if you turn that sort of a subconscious thing where Every time you're drinking, you do all of those things and you do not get complacent and um, you don't get to a point where you're like, okay, yeah, whatever, I'll be fine. Uh, and you get those like as a routine for every time you do decide to drink. May, um, you cannot really prevent yourself from having too much alcohol, but you just, with all of those sort of things, you kind of up the chance of you being okay, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah, obviously, you just put yourself in the best possible condition to face the alcohol. And then again, as we both said, like just having the like having the people around again, maybe uh, like it's just like another factor, probably, which uh, just adds a little bit more sort of safety to it. Because I mean, that's what the whole thing would be in general. Um, I mean, um, we can sort of like because alcohol is like. Um, point where as i said like why i started with it everyone sort of has alcohol at some point or not like pretty much everyone at least uh it's like a very commonly accepted thing it's completely legal and all of that sort of stuff uh, but then um well what about something like drugs where well now we are getting to a bit more of a because like what do you mean by drug like we can talk weed which can be like legal depending where you are you can talk like harder drugs you can all sorts of stuff like prescriptions and all that kind of level but for sure there like it does have that more of a, a taboo vibe to it uh where like you don't like a lot less like when it comes to the percentage at least a lot fewer people would be doing all that sort of stuff um, would you say that's because it is illegal, 
do you think it's like more of a fear of the effect? Would it be just because uh, you don't see it around as much? Because you said like, oh, we see um, this person, that person drinking, and you maybe see it in sort of a positive way to drink ourselves as well. And maybe because you don't really, like, they're never really portrayed in a positive light like that. Like, what do you, why do you think there's that distinct, because uh, alcohol is a very, very potent drug and it can have, like, um, very, very bad influence on your body and mind in ways that maybe some drugs even wouldn't. But then why is alcohol so widely accepted and so common and then the drugs aren't? Maybe due to historical reasons, uh, I mean, drugs have been around for for far less time than alcohol. I mean, alcohol was developed even before before the birth of Christ. So for historical reasons, we have had alcohol around more. So it will it was kind of bound to be legal. I mean, you saw what happened in the U.S., during the prohibition period, it it was illegal, and then naturally it kind of became legal because people saw that uh, it's just actually better for alcohol to be legal. So drugs have been around for for uh, far less time, I think, effectively one century. I mean, if you if you even if you look at wheat, wheat is kind of if we assume wheat is kind of like cigarettes, cigars, and tobacco. Uh, with tobacco, it's the same. It's been around for six hundred years, and now it's legal. So I think with the passing of time, drugs will become more and more legal, just like alcohol and tobacco. So I think that is the main reason they are they are illegal now, because effectively the goal of both is to kind of uh, loosen your mind, your nervous system, and detach you from the moment. I mean, well, interesting thing I heard there was you saying basically, well, it's uh, you got to the maybe idea where okay, the alcohol being um, actually legal might be a better thing, maybe because you can sort of have legislation around it and you can maybe control it better. Um, I don't know if that's what you mean necessarily, but just having making assumptions there. But then so. Wouldn't that be the case with drugs as well? Shouldn't making them legal be better? Yeah, exactly. I think I've listened to interviews to at least two agents who are basically their whole have spent their whole lives in the drug war. They have oh, they have been undercover and everything to fight against drugs. And they both said that you cannot win the war against drugs. The only way you can possibly win it is to is to make the drugs legal and control them with uh, the means of the law. So I think yes, you you interpreted what I said correctly. Mm. I mean, then I guess you get into a bit of a Again, uh, you need to determine a line somewhere where, okay, if we say, okay, we should legalize drugs, are we legalizing heroin now? Are we, like, I assume that it will be like, okay, maybe we should 
because obviously some drugs you'll probably be like, okay, maybe not that one. I mean, do you necessarily have like in your mind, because we know that the most prominent conversation that is being like very, very, very um, like a big part uh, in a lot of societies and just on the internet now in general, because that's what like societies sort of um, influenced mostly by. Uh, we have marijuana as the thing where you have those um, debates of should it be legalized, should it not be? But then, um, like, how far would you necessarily like push it if you have a um, like a personal just thing that you've thought about it in any way, or if you haven't, like, would you give me like a little general like what sort of drugs are we talking? Maybe should not be probably that'd be a better look, way to look at it should not be in any case legalized no i think uh, every substance should be effectively legalized uh, you can even make some foods containing a little bit of drugs as far as i know coca-cola coke was made using cocaine in the in the early 20th century i think or the late 19th something like that uh, if i'm not mistaken it's a well sort of like the extract from a plant where like it sort of has the common and basic common ancestry with cocaine but it's not like actual cocaine being uh-huh okay thanks for that so i think uh, you, you should if you legalize some you kind of have to legalize all of them because uh, if you ban some substances then the only th- then they will just become the new drugs. If you let's say if you legalize wheat or cocaine or heroin, then something else like LSD will become the new the new cocaine. So you will if you do not legalize everything, you will kinda just stay in the same place. So I think each substance should be legalized and they should kinda be made the they should be researched more and they should be treated like the add the different additives in certain foods. I mean, you should be able to check on some website after all, all the research is done because I think that now we kind of like lack a lot of research on most drugs and exactly what they do to the mi- to the mind. So if you if we make that research and make the information publicly available, then then I think there will be no problem. If someone if someone wants to determine their life with a high intake of heroin. They probably, if heroin was illegal, they would have done the same with a lot of alcohol, which is perfectly legal. So I think that if you have your mindset on doing drugs or alcohol, you will kind of find a way to do it. I mean, that's why they're that's why the drug dealers win money because people find a way to to get the required drugs. And also from a more pra- pra- practical point of view, uh, since I do not think I will be doing any drugs, the guys the guys who will be able to get access to drugs after they were made legal, as I suggested, will be in a worse position than me in society and in sport and in anything. So I will get the edge over them. So that's not easy. Well, that, that, I mean, that's um, a very interesting way to... Okay, definitely definitely one I was imagining you to go to. No, that that's just not true. That's very much a thing that I would expect you to say. It's just I wouldn't expect in like on a normal conversation about drugs to hear. But well, that's what makes us different, I guess. Um, well, okay. For sh- uh, I, I see what you mean to where maybe 
um, just legalizing in general everything and be like, okay, freedom of choice in a sense where, like, if you want to ruin your own life, uh, feel free. Um, I, I, I sort of, I do understand it, but um, I would have to um, push back on it a little bit in a few senses where, well, first one thing you said where you would have very good research done and have the information available. That's a, that sounds like a thing. No matter whether it's legal or illegal, I think that should be the case. Uh, you should be able to inform yourself um, as much as possible, basically, on all sorts of stuff like that. But then probably even not just having the information available, I would say probably education on it uh, should be like in the, sort of, in the same sort of way where you'd have sex ed at schools every once in a while. Um, I would say alcohol, drugs, uh, smoking, all of that sort of stuff is uh, such a big part of life that, um, and we know that everyone's going to do something in some sort of form at some point. Um, maybe like a, some sort of, again, mandatory education on the topic sounds just. Um, I mean, before, before I go on any further, do you agree with that one? Yeah, of course, I'm all for everyone gaining knowledge or important subjects. Okay, yeah, okay. But and then if I uh, move my, into my next sort of point where I was going to go, okay, but then, then we have some of the substances which are very, very highly addictive, like heroin, uh, pers uh, like just as an example there. Um, and once you, like when we have... Because alcohol and weed and all of that sort of stuff, you can have too much. You can um, affect your body very negatively in that sort of sense. But it's more of a um, there's no physical addiction to them. There might be a psychological one, but um, there isn't necessarily that just purely physically uh, you not being able to quit doing it like you can like with maybe um first the addictive drugs but maybe as well on a more um spreads like worldwide level something like um cigars in a set or like cigarettes and stuff uh, where nicotine and uh, levels of addictiveness of nicotine necessarily so well if it's with some of these um um you know a substances basically uh if you take some of them and we know okay if you let somebody have any of those they might get physically addicted and it will be very very difficult uh for them to quit even like we we know people that go to rehab and um they kick the habit but then maybe they'll relapse and all that sort of stuff so if it's so dangerous on a f just purely physical level to some extent where like once you've had it, you can't really control yourself probably in most cases we're talking, um, shouldn't then maybe we say, okay, these might be a bit too dangerous to be out there. Let's keep them like, because you wouldn't, as you said, you wouldn't be able to control it fully because you will find a way always to get something like that. But then wouldn't there be a, like a positive to at least trying to restrict the access 
to like as much as possible. And then also for uh, with us having like maybe legalized some other um, less impactful, let's say, stuff, uh, maybe you will have the interest for those more dangerous substances be less anyway, and then kind of get the best of both worlds in that sort of way. Like, how would you comment on something like that? I mean, maybe you should kind of have something like each drug should have on its label how exactly it can kill you and how it can harm you. And also when you go to the drugstore, I think you should be able to effectively say, uh, I need some drug which will help me get over my wife who left me easier. And there are three choices, let's say, or something like that. Uh, so you can kind of not really just do random drugs and do targeted drugs. And in for the part of the physical the physical addiction, the physical dependence, it's kind of like being addicted to some certain foods, let's say. Maybe maybe we can we can compare it with diabetes if you have a certain blood sugar sugar in your in your body. It's maybe kinda it maybe kinda be viewed as diabetes. So it is effectively you can we can say it's kind of a sugar addiction. So the body dependence, the the body uh the body being addicted to the drug is, of course, not really not the nicest thing that can happen to you. But I think that the mind being addicted to the drug is the the worst the worst thing. And also, if you if you make everything open, people will probably naturally just choose the not so strong drugs because they will be maybe frightened of what will happen to their body also. So I don't think we really should restrict anything because if we make those restrictions, maybe we should uh, make it when you start buying some drug, you cannot buy over some amount per day or something like that. That can kind of help. I mean, so basically you're, um, the sugar addiction thing is definitely the uh, a thing just in general. And you, you do have stuff like maybe, as you mentioned, Coca-Cola, where that's, um, the, it, it, it also is addictive. But then, like, this, ha this might, might have a sort of impact on your health in a way, maybe, kind of, you know. It's not quite as much as, like, a drug where, okay, that, that might kill me in about a month or so. Um, so definitely, um, I think we're talking about two very different ball games there. Um, but I, I see what what you mean. Where okay, so I I think that's like a very important as aspect. Then say if we say okay, we legalize all the drugs. Then what does that mean? Because we know that at the moment there's a lot of legal drugs who you need, um, let's say, pers a prescription from a doctor to get. Um, and like you said, with stuff like, well, you were talking about getting over, like while, while being in some sort of maybe in depression or all that sort of stuff. And we have like antidepressants for all that sort of stuff. But then there's so many different variants and you would try one and, um, 
it would have worked amazingly for somebody, but it wouldn't do anything for you. And then you try something else. And but then for all of those sort of different again drugs, you would have like a specialist. You have a therapist, uh, like a doctor, depending on whether we are talking just um, stuff for illnesses or we're talking uh, mental illnesses in a sense. You would have someone who would have to prescribe that in order for you to acquire it in general. And if we, let's say, maybe, well, we decide that's the correct way to go about having drugs as well, but then that would sort of eliminate recreational use. Um, so would you say it's a good way to do it? Uh, it's not. Or uh, it's then maybe that's where we separate um some drugs from others where some of them would be more generally available and some of them you would need a prescription yeah i think the pres prescription thing is kind of a good idea uh but then you have to i think that that is kind of on the border between being illegal actually because if the guys who run the pharmacies and the doctors are not really well well behaved, they can start a black market on their own, which will kinda kinda ruin the whole idea. So if it can be if it can be made made to work, uh then it's a good idea, but I think it is gonna be pretty difficult because of what I said. So otherwise I would be up for the idea. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I can. Uh, I mean, we we do have it the same way now. You would have those, like there is ways. Or, there's always ways to get anything. So, um, it is the same now with just random prescription drugs, where you would find a way to maybe pay somebody or like if you want something, you would get it. Um, but I think no matter what's legal, what's not legal, and whatever. Um, that would be still the case. So maybe then, if you uh, just have that like sort of control, at least the percentage maybe might drop a little bit. I don't think it's possible to eradicate it uh, in like in full. Uh, but uh, we mentioned a few times. One thing I want to ask you because uh, you did say something like, "Oh, have um, some on the label have." Um, something showing or saying uh, the, the bad ways in which this particular drug can affect you and stuff like that. And that's something that happened to cigarettes, right? Now, uh, all the cigarettes have like pictures of um, lungs affected by cancer or like all of that sort of like very, very unpleasant images on all of the packaging. But um, well, for me, I have not seen that to impact anyone they actually started um as far as i'm aware they're set they sell stuff like um boxes that are made for cigarette boxes so you put it you, you kind of sleeve it up and it has whatever design you want on it kind of so it, it was turned into like a market basically as well. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, let me ask you then that for first. Have you, do you think that there was any sort of impact of, a, of putting those pictures in those cigarette boxes? I don't know. I mean, 
probably if I was if I was a kid who hasn't started smoking yet, I would have been frightened. So I think I think definitely some effect should have happened. I mean, it's inevitable to have at least some sort of uh some sort of effect on younger people or people who haven't really started or even on people who smoke nowadays when you see the pictures of being dead and being and having bad lungs i think i think it's natural for every human to get some sort of a reaction and even if a small percentage of the guys who got the reaction actually did something about it that is still some effect Mm. oh so you kind of mean as far as like maybe like in a physical sense where okay we made some sort of change so it is impossible for it to not have any sort of effect it doesn't have to be a positive doesn't have to be a negative it might be a neutral effect as well but we change something and changing a thing would result in an effect which might be minuscule and it might be again as i said positive negative or neutral but it is like you're guaranteed because you are changing the environment, then that would obviously lead into some sort of change. Uh, and I can see that, but um, maybe maybe you're right when you said uh, it's kind of for children, because uh, that's what I, I think might be where there would be some sort of effect, where I don't think anyone who is currently a smoker would then get their new box and be like, oh, that one has a picture on it. Well, now I'm going to stop. I don't think it quite can do that. Even may, And maybe it did. Maybe it did do it for like a f- two, five, ten, a hundred people somewhere. But I don't think we're talking about numbers where it's uh, statistically basically um, interesting to look at it in general. I Googled it right now. So according to a study from 2021 by the Action on Smoking and Health Foundation, it was found that 30% of teenage smoking participants had a deterred desire to smoke due to seeing warning graphic labels on cigarette packs. So kind of what I said about if I was a kid, I would smoke less. So I would would consider not smoking. So 30% is a significant number. Uh, but also another study from the Journal of American Medical Association effectively found that s- people who already smoke, smokers, just hit their cigarettes when they were in public place, so no one saw the labels of the detrimented lungs and be- basically the labels which portray that your body is going to go is gonna worsen itself. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think those because um, that's where I was going. Basically, me uh, like I was saying um, that I don't think it will have an impact, in, like or at least enough of an impact on people who are already smoking and stuff like that. But I was gonna say then I, I think it might be something like for the future, sort of say, uh, where like it would impact maybe the percentage of people who then start smoking. Um, and I think that sort of assumption has, like, it is sort of confirmed by the uh, studies that you pulled up where, okay, if you were doing it already, you just sort of, it might change your demeanor about it, but it wouldn't be able to stop you from smoking, but it might stop um, 
like someone who might have started to smoke that may like lower their chances of starting up and so yeah obviously if he does achieve that maybe it's it's a good way to do it but then i don't know um what do you see uh well i know but let's just um i do not smoke and neither do you right yes um do you understand the appeal of smoking and we're here i'm talking uh i'm not talking weed i'm purely talking stuff like uh tobacco just having like cigarette cigars and i can include stuff like e-cigars and vaping and all that sort of stuff into the conversation yeah i think i can i mean i have some sort of an addiction to spin pens and pencils in a particular way in my hands and when let's say i'm let's say i went to a math competition and forgot my favorite pen uh i feel i feel like my my hands kind of want to to spin that pen you you know there is some sort of a physical dependence already my hand doesn't really feel natural uh without my favorite pen i mean spinning it right now even so i think it's kind of the same with cigarettes you can probably i think it's very similar so i think i may understand the appeal well sure that like well i think that explains sort of addiction and the way addiction works in general so like i would also understand why it would be hard to quit doing it once you've started but where do you think the appeal comes from to even try it in the beginning considering there well as far as i'm I know that like the calming effects of nicotine and stuff like that, but in general, pretty much nothing positive comes from smoking. So why is there even the appeal to try it in the first place? Well, my mother and father both started smoking uh, during high school. My father... Ah, so yeah, this year my father kind of celebrated his 10th year anniversary of quitting smoking. My mother is also kind of quitting. I don't really know. Maybe she smokes like on only a cigarette a day or something like that. I don't know. There have definitely been days when she hasn't smoked. But whatever. Uh, both of them uh, told me that they started smoking due to the... Just to look cooler in, in school. Because all of their friends, the cool, the cooler guys at school smoked so they started smoking to look also cool mm, so um i mean yeah like i can see how that would happen but i mean i don't know i would personally like very very much um go like recommend against it because just personally from my like that like as far as my values and understanding of the world goes um i would say drink Drinking is okay. Like, if you want to uh, smoke weed, experiment with like mushrooms and stuff. But, like, I, I, I don't know, in my mind at least, I would, I would, um, I see smoking as sort of worse than like doing cocaine and all that sort of stuff. Um, we're talking then like stuff like MDMA, LSD, and all that sort of a lot. So the non-addictive drugs where, or more, let's say, the party drugs, in a sense, I would say, okay, do that, but, and I would, uh, or don't, I mean, I don't say do that. Uh, in general, as you know, like, from me and how I live my life, um, 
I would stay away from all sorts of substances like that. Um, in most cases, unless you're doing it for a specific reason and there might be, there, there is some maybe um, exclusions from that rule. But uh, if I have to do stuff, I would try, I would do party drugs before I touch a cigarette or something like this. Um, I mean, does that sound very weird or how do you like, how do you, what do you think about this sort of thinking of mine? I mean, if you fear of getting addicted, then it's a pretty normal, normal thing to do. I think if you, if you can experience the effect of drugs without being addicted, if we, if we suppose that is possible, then probably I, I understand you because uh, I think that if you smoke a single cigarette, uh, you won't get addicted. You will just kind of start coughing and you probably won't even feel well after that. So I think a single cigarette, if you smoke just one cigarette, it will probably push even f further farther from smoking. Mm. Okay, uh, I mean, well, then, but it's more of a, you are uh, playing around with the um, chances of addiction, maybe. Like, you are opening the gate, in a sort of sense. I can see, yeah, you can maybe, oh, it was like it was a horrible experience and like might drive you away from the idea at all. Uh, but I, it's also like a little bit of a gate to then maybe continuing on. So like I would just say not doing it to begin with is overall the safer option. Just because like, okay, yeah, there it's a possibility that it might be okay, but then why even risk it? Um, but yeah, just enough on that really, but sort of on that still. Um, okay, if we're going on my weird like uh, ways of looking at um, <clears throat> intake when it comes to drugs, alcohol, and stuff like that, how do you look, because I've had that conversation with a few people on a few different sort of um, spins of the topic. How do you feel about a potential partner of yours and their history or current um, just affairs when it comes to these substances? Well, probably if if I mean most of the time, I think I would. As a partner, I would only consider them as a sparring partner. <laughs> well, not not necessarily where we were going, but sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, if they are now clean, probably uh, I wouldn't really mind it. But I would, I mean, I would definitely prefer anyone I deal with to not have any history of addiction. But if they have overcome it and uh, shown they are a strong person, that would actually even encourage me to be friends or if it's a girl or anything more than that with them because uh, it will show that they're a strong character and you don't, okay, so... you don't really know the history they may have been pushed they may have been forced to start so it depends on the circumstances but uh, if they have shown that they are able to overcome any sort of addiction then I would probably not mind it that much. I mean, it would still kind of, kind of be a pushback in the beginning when I get to know them. 
So you you mean that it might have like a little bit of a oh it, as you exactly as you said show like strength of character to overcome addictions where a lot of people wouldn't be able to but like even just from the beginning it will be a little bit of like um how do how do you they call it nowadays like a bit of an ick a bit of a red flag to know that that person even had that sort of entanglement with these substances is that how am i supposed to, like i'm supposed to understand it yeah exactly it's like uh say you're up for a job interview and you have a you actually have been have murdered someone and in the beginning the potential your potential employer will be kind of won't be really looking very nice to you but let's say you you murdered someone it is redeemable is what you mean yeah but let's say you murdered someone because you defended your family from some sort of a rapist or something like that so i mean in the beginning it will always be viewed in a negative way portrayed in a negative way but depending on the circumstances and the later development of your case you may be able to redeem yourself yes uh-huh, I gotcha. But then, okay, this is when we're talking about something when it comes to the history. What about uh, a girl, because we're talking about you, what about a girl who um, is currently, like, let because you, I assume, okay, let me then ask, not assume maybe, if you know that this person at the moment is involved with drugs or something like that, I think that would just, um, you wouldn't be particularly interested in them. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, uh, I have other things to do. I don't really want to... I mean, it would be fun to kind of try to take a person away from drugs, but I don't really have the time. It may it may very well end really bad for me. I don't want to get involved in any sort of criminal activity. So I don't really have the time, nerves, and uh, desire to have anything to do with person involved with uh, heavy addiction to drugs. So I would just stay away from her. Okay, and then again, I guess maybe you, if you didn't know and you maybe are, end up in a relationship but you find out they do abuse drugs, that would be like a cause for breakup sort of thing, yeah? Yeah, as I said, I don't want to risk someday being beaten up by her drug dealer because <laughs> I don't know something. Okay, yeah, but okay, sure. I, I And I think drugs there are the more... Again, I, I assume... I, of course, there'll be like sort of like um, levels to it where maybe if they smoke weed every now and again, where it's different, right? Well, not really. I mean, if they, uh, depending on how they find it, I think it's, if it's in the Netherlands or somewhere where it's legal, I will probably be more okay, but still not really. Because when I deal with people, I, 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 I prefer to know that they are completely sane and what they say they actually mean it and everything connected to to having clear conscience. So uh, I would kind of still take it in a negative way, but if it's like, I don't know, probably just a couple of times per year or something like that, I may, may think about it if they uh, find their weed in a legal way. Okay, so... Uh, I mean, I guess when you mentioned getting beaten up by a drug dealer and stuff like that, um, you mean as well, and now the way you said that, I'm kind of getting the picture where like you like you being that person as a person who is involved 
in that drug world. Like it's not even only like this, the fact that they're using these substances, it's just even being involved in that whole sort of area is like a, a no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also she may steal something from me to buy her the dose, new dose of drugs. I mean, I don't really want to be involved in those uh, fields of life. Okay. So that's where like, I, I was expecting to sort of then end up a little bit. But uh, if I ask you for something a bit more, because now we're talking about the accepted stuff. Um, and that's where it gets a bit more nuanced, maybe when, uh, and I by nuanced, I mean, I feel like uh, more people would um, feel a bit more different, like to be more uh, swayed when it comes to public opinion on those sort of topics. Um, what what about stuff like smoking and alcohol, where they are like worldly accepted, they are easy to access, they're very common. Um, how do you, how would you feel about a partner smoking? And for let's say for the for the alcohol, because um, I don't everyone would have like you have alcohol every now and again, but maybe someone who gets drunk often or something like that. Like, how is that different from drugs, or is it, or like what's the situation there? It's quite close. I don't want people around me to. I want people around me to effectively never be drunk. Just from time to time, I said for some in a controlled environment. When, let's say, the story I explained earlier, this friend of mine, ex, was with trusted people. I was one of them. So, I mean, we just kind of had a good time, had a laugh. Uh, so, if you're getting drunk in a controlled environment, and not very often, of course, you're not addicted or, or anything, then it's kind of fun and, you know, it's not really that big of a problem. Uh, but if you get drunk in public places and everything like that, it's it will actually be bad for my image also to be associated with a person like this. So that will be a big no. no. And uh, I don't really like uh, smoking. I mean, I had hate the smoke. So I don't want people around me to smoke. I view it in a negative way. Well, now, now I'm kind of interested to ask about then, like the relationship of that with your parents and stuff. But um, let me not get sidetracked too much. We might get back to it. But when, because uh, I want to kind of uh, continue on um, the topic we were having just right now. Um, well, I have um, a little bit of a weird thing where, um, okay, um, I, I know also other people around me who think the same way, but also I've spoken to other people who find it absolutely ridiculous. So, um, okay, for me, um, if you are smoking, that's like a straight up no. Like, um, you, I don't mind, like, I don't, I would not mind you uh, doing weed or something like, again, as I said, uh, when I said party drugs over smoking, for me, if someone smokes, that's like a straight up, um, like a no when it comes to like a partner, and like some people agree with me. I know, um, like close friends of mine, like people you know who also are, know that like okay, if this girl um, smokes cigarettes, then that's uh, she's completely off the table. But then some people that I've spoken to find it uh, very ridiculous to write someone off for something like this and don't see like cigarettes maybe 
for in particular as a strong enough like indicative to uh like make those sort of decisions or have that much of an impact um how what do you think about it i mean i ha i know i don't know how many but definitely more than 10 girls who smoke and uh i think all of them are kind of can kind of be are, are not really the best people to be around i mean if you have already if you are already addicted to smoking that means that you're addicted to something which is actually speaking negatively about your will your mental strength and also i found a lot of these girls to be kind of they're always whining about something they're not they're not, they're not really a good person to be around they do not make you feel more relaxed uh so i think that uh if if let's say smoking is the they do it quite rarely uh and it is actually not a sign of their mental weakness which i cannot say it's is a fact for almost everyone i know then then maybe i can think about maybe considering to take them but uh, otherwise no i think that if you're addicted to smoking you're generally i would say a mentally weak person generally i mean there are some exceptions of course Mm, so it's like a predictor sort of um, in both ways where you said okay if you are addicted to something that would show that like you um that's like a prone to addictiveness and also not having been able to quit it and stuff like that but also where you said well it's the fact that you even got to that point maybe is like um statistical predictor for other bad traits um, which is interesting. It it is um, of of course. I think to have like um, um, put it as a truth, it, uh, there'll be some research um, that needs to be done uh, on that for sure. But I am prone to agree that uh, obviously the addictive thing that's uh, straight up like is a given. That's I think um, is common sense. But then maybe. Um, like relating stuff like um, some other traits that go along with the chance of you to start smoking. That would be like an interesting thing to look at. But then um, I know that also the smoke, um, where you said you hate the smoke, I, I think it's more the smell of like people who do smoke that is just like uh, whenever I'm around someone who does smoke, and whenever they smell a cigarette, that just, I don't know. I don't think, I do not dislike pretty much any scent, really. Like, I've worked with animals. I've worked um, in a zoo. I've uh, been, like, uh, with farm animals and all that sort of stuff. And I've never had any, like, I've, oh, no, that's not like a, oh, that's like a pleasant aroma to have around where you would want to put it around you normally but it would be like it would have been something completely neutral to me i wouldn't have had like oh i hate this it smells so bad i'll be like okay it is whatever it just smells of something but i i think the only um smell where i've been like i actually affects me in a negative way is I'm, i hate that smell has been cigarette and so that 
pushes me even further to like feel even stronger on that topic. But um, let me then go, well, let me not go on too much of a tangent there. But it's a very interesting thing where, okay, we're talking about maybe weakness of character. We're talking about looking in sort of negative way, maybe a little bit on people who de- do get addictive to smoking and stuff like that. Like what's then, like I wasn't planning to really to go that way, but as you presented, it would be an interesting road to go down on. Um, what was your, maybe your interaction with the whole situation? What was the situation, if you can speak on it? When it comes to your parents smoking, like, did you maybe uh, try to push them towards quitting? Was it something that wasn't really discussed? Like, how do you feel about your mom, as you said, who is, because I would say, oh, you, uh, the fact that your father quit would be like, oh, that was like, showed very much like um, strength of will from him. And I respect it and stuff like that. But maybe your mom, who still kind of smokes a little bit, like, how do you feel about the whole thing? Do you do anything about it? Uh, yeah, just for the previous question uh, we discussed, I mean, if we had, if we managed to have like 20 minutes discussion or on whether your girl should smoke or not, then it is probably a bad, uh, then your girl should probably should not smoke. Because if we had a 20 minute discussion on this, then every person who sees her around you will kind of, kind of portray you in a negative way also because how can she be your girl and she's smoking and stuff like that, you know? If you can have the discussion uh, and there is any chance of it going in a negative way, then it will probably be bad for you also. So that is like pushing it also in the no direction. And in terms of my parents, uh, I kind of told them from as as early as I remember that I hate them to smoke. I mean, I really, as I said, I hated the smoke itself. I didn't really care about that much about uh i mean not really care but didn't really think about the, their health particularly just was uh disgusted by the smoke i remember there was this uh i was probably i don't know five six years old four something like that uh and i really when me and my father went for walks i really loved to hold his hand and one day i tried to grab him by, uh, for his hand to continue our walk and uh, he actually had a cigarette in his hand and uh, the cigarette burned me, burned my hand and it hurt me. And so I promised myself that I will never smoke uh, because I hate the cigarettes even more from this interaction. Um, but I never really, I, I kind of always told them, my mother now and my father before, that uh, they should quit smoking. But uh, this ne- I, because they are my parents, I never really pushed it that, that far far from them i remember when i was a uh, little bit uh, younger i uh, hit one of uh, my mother's cigarette uh, boxes i throw it in the in the trash or something like that uh, in order to make her smoke less but i mean she find she found out so i never really pushed them that much to quit uh, my father quit on his own will and my father if she does will be because of only her be- but uh, I only probably do that because they are my parents and I love them. I respect them for for everything else that they've done. So I've never really pushed them really hard to quit smoking. I've just let. I've just told them that I would personally like them to not smoke. Mm, I see. I mean, it has been like a conversation in my family because my family also smokes and. Um... 
Well, my mom smokes a little bit every now and again. Like, I don't know, they they call it like um, you have to kind of have a smoke with the coffee thing, which is, it's like a, making sort of an excuse for it, I think, but it is what it is. But she doesn't really smoke too much. Maybe she'll have like a cigarette a day again with like your mom, but like my dad smokes a lot. Like my dad smokes... Well, I don't know how much exactly. It's not like I'm around him much, but he might be going through like a box in a day or two, if I have to guess. Uh, and I know it's been always a, like a conversation, oh, you should stop, or like in between my parents in general, but also um, like uh, as well, like as children, we're not, as you said, really in a position to have like that strong of a stance like i i imagine you you let's say being a parent of a child like you would try very hard to push a child to stop but when the tables are turned around it's very hard to affect it anyway you're not in the position of power you don't really have any influence over these people um and so you can't do much about it but i know it's been like a just in general in my family it's been like a big thing not that it has stopped anyone really uh, but actually, interestingly enough, the only kind of example I have of this, but it's a very interesting example, uh, is my grandma, who, like, she actually smokes, but we, we're talking something like, like, she never buys cigarettes, but she would sometimes have, like, a cigarette uh, from, like, my mom's box or something where like again i'm estimating i don't know exactly but i'm i can go as far as maybe saying she might smoke like maybe like one cigar right like once per month we're talking just like very sporadically like it'll just happen so like hasn't had any in the last like month or whatever and she just kind of like says today oh like i feel like i need a smoke like i need like uh just a cigarette and then she would have that cigarette and like you would say maybe okay that's like a pattern of where someone quits for a bit and then they do it again and that starts to get them in a little um bit like they would then crave it a little bit more right after that first one they would crave a second or that sort of stuff and by right after i mean um maybe the same day tomorrow might be you know you understand what you what i mean but she doesn't then again it would be again like um another month might go by and then she'll be like oh i feel like i need a cigarette and that's very like what do you think like what's the phenomenon there like what's happening there because it's very interesting it's very it goes very much against the whole idea of cigarettes in like world perspective we're talking well, it may be possible that when you're old, the days kind of fly by really quickly. So if she has one cigarette a month, the month goes so fast to her that she effectively has them every day. So that is that may be one thing. And otherwise, she it it may be like some rich guy smoking cigars from time to time, just just doing it, not really being addicted. Just kind of think it's. It's cool, and if they like the feeling and they can control themselves, they do it. So probably that also. Mm. 
I mean, the first one, I I don't think I came back. It sounds a bit of a reach because one of them, like addiction in that sort of sense, would be very much a biological thing, very much a physical thing, while the idea of how time passes first is a very foreign concept as far as understanding it goes, but also it's like a very psychological thing. So, like, I would be, it would be very difficult for you to uh, persuade me that that's a thing. So, I can't really back it. But the second thing is like, it's just the, the idea of being able to smoke and not get addicted, but then. It's very interesting, exactly the fact that, okay, that's maybe a person, just an example of a person who can smoke without being addicted. But then it's very interesting how then she would be, you know, like it doesn't also go away. It's not like, well, I've had it, it's whatever. Um, and she just never wants again. But then every now and again, it'll show up. It's interesting. I mean, I assume it's, like you said, maybe like um, um, it's associated with some sort of positive feeling and you might want that feeling every now and again. And if that's the case, I we can look at it as more of a, again, just having a very, like a very good amount of self-control, basically, uh, and be sort of like a positive thing in that sort of way. Uh, but then maybe, I don't know, like, do you think that's what it is? It's just a positive thing that you're not addicted to but still because it's a positive thing you kind of feel that you need it every now and again yeah it may be it may be uh, viewed as you know these people who play football together in high school let's say we play together at high school uh football and also there i see a lot of people around 25 30 even older even older uh who get together let's say each month or each week weekend and play football together and of course they feel nice but they're not really addicted to it they do it let's say once a month because they're busy with their job and everything else so i think her cigars are maybe something of older older men's football uh, um okay i mean i kind of i can understand what you mean but also i'd say it's very different to where I think those people would like to play more, but that might be just as much as they can play. And I mean, can not only from a physical aspect, but also from like time perspective sort of way where I only can do that much. And, but I try to do it as much as possible because I, I would play sometimes with people like that who are older than me. We're talking people in their 30s, maybe sometimes even in their 40s, where they enjoy it in general, but, um, and if they could, they love playing football and they would do it more and more and more, but they have families, they have jobs, they have the restrictions of the body of a 40 year old. So they would just play every maybe once a week or once every two weeks or something like that, but just to get some sort of thing going as far as football is concerned because they love playing in general. So in this sort of sense, I would say it's a bit different to where uh, we just the cigarettes. If, if it would have been the same thing to where you can say, well, um, I love the idea and I would like to do it as much as possible, 
like she could do it more, but she doesn't. So, um, do you think? Because the one way where that could be possible is where, well, I would like, like, I would like that feeling more often, but I know, like, the negatives that come along with that. So I only allow myself on like a very sporadic basis. Do you think maybe that's where it goes, or? Yeah, probably. And maybe she already. Uh, is it possible that she may feel some negative effects afterwards? Well, actually, I don't know. I, 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 it, it could be an interesting thing to like talk to her about. I can't really bring her on to, to ask her, but I can ask her like in my own time just to see uh, what she says and what like see from my personal point of view feels um on that sort of thing and i can maybe report back um in a different episode or something if we find like a relevant bit to insert it in um but let me then because i think we've kind of talked um quite a bit on that let me just for like um ending sort of bit ask you just so I sort of have the idea more straight, I, I get the picture fully. Um, as far as you personally, um, you yourself drink, but um, don't like you, you. You haven't gotten drunk, but you did say you maybe would be interested to experience being drunk at some point. Is that correct? Yes. Um, I mean, uh, that's actually an interesting thing. I, I wasn't planning to go in depth on any of these, but uh, let me just ask you, just in general, how do you think like you would go about doing that? You haven't really thought about it. Mm. Um, well, I don't know, but if I, if I make you think about it, and um, of course, not in depth or anything, but um, do you think there'll be like... Um, First, do you, do you picture it more as a thing you would like to do around the age you're now? Or is it more of a, like a further down the line thing? Well, I mean, obviously around the age I'm now, but if I do it in a controlled environment and I'm not really, let's say tomorrow I don't have an exam or a football game or anything that will, of course, yeah, yeah. worse my performance. Okay, so let me present you with this idea. What what do you think about that becoming an episode? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's it's a great idea. Yeah. So we can we can record your first. Well, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It could be. It will probably be better if we get to the point where we actually record with a camera and sort of like if we're together, basically. Because uh, that's one of like the main reasons why we don't uh, have cameras here. Because it, it does feel it it kind of is more of a Zoom call sort of way where it doesn't feel particularly interesting. Um, and so maybe it's like a thing where um, I'll come over to Germany and we can do it in person and actually record it. We might even bring a few other people in. So that that would be an interesting thing to um, do. We'll see. Well, stay tuned. Maybe if that ever happens. Um, but then just to finish again where I was going to go, 
would you then try cigarettes at all ever nah because uh i might get addicted and so i don't want to risk that uh and also uh if i try just one let's say as i told you earlier it will just i think it will just be really awful all the smoke all the things going to my lungs i think it will be quite quite a bad experience so if i try it only once it will be actually it will be it will be bad so i don't want to try it okay okay but um does that also include all of the um, other like the vaping the uh was like shisha and uh like basically all of the different smoking versions does that include them as well yeah i kind of tried the shisha and it's it's i just started coughing so it's it's bad i think it's it's kind of my reaction to vaping will probably be the same i don't i'm not really well versed in vaping i don't know how it functions but if it's based on the same principles i think my reaction will be the same so i won't really try it Okay, okay. And then um well if I say drugs, which is like a lot very broad, but so maybe then I'll ask you, is there any of these sort of substances we can look at as drugs that you would be prone to trying? Uh I don't really know a lot about them. I mean uh, uh if if I could like clone myself and still keep record of my feelings and everything just immerse myself in the other body then i would happily try all drugs uh just to see how they feel and then i would ju- jump back to my normal body so to not have anything any neg- negative effects uh so I- i'm kind of interested in how it feels but since i don't know how exactly it will impact my body my mind my nervous system and everything i would probably not not try them but uh yeah i mean i i'm interested i'm curious how it would feel okay so like the intrigue is there but the risks are way too unknown for you to actually do it yes okay okay um well i don't know as far as i go if i just i guess if i give my two cents on it um all the smoking stuff is a no. Um, the getting drunk is a no. Uh, although I, I'm very, I don't know, I'm very on the fence of like, because I've I've listened to people talk about um, effects of marijuana and uh, mushrooms and stuff like more the hallucinogen things. And there is that intrigue, yes. The intrigue is very much there to, ooh, like, what it would feel like. like Because you hear all these crazy stories of people living alternate lives while on some of these, and all of that sort of stuff. And it, it sounds incredibly interesting to try, but I don't know if I would ever... Like, I'm not, not 100% opposed to it, but I know, also know how much I like control. So I don't know if I will ever. I don't know. It's maybe if someone pays us enough and it turns into a whole episode, we can try a bunch of stuff together. Um, everything has a price, basically. Uh, you 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 bag that right? A few. If, if anyone's listening, a few mil, a bill. I don't know something we might do. Legal substances in a country where it's legal for an episode. 
maybe after I'm finished with my physical prem and cannot be a football player anymore, then I might. Then I might do it. I I, I did sell. I I did say a billion at some at one point. A billion. No, no. I mean, uh, I I don't think I'm willing to risk my football abilities and eventual career for a billion. I mean, yeah. It's even a bit. Yeah, I don't think I. I don't think I would do it. How? How? Give Give me a price. Where? Like, how much? How much do I need to offer you? I would agree to a billion when I'm forty-two. Forty-two. Okay. I I would put down this in my notes. Um, I'm I'm well aware that this podcast is gonna earn us way more than a few billion by that point. So, what's a billion to us, right? Um, oh yeah. Now hold you up to that one. And probably if if inflation uh, begins uh, begins an exponential growth, then it would probably be worthless. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like I, well, you, you didn't specify anything. We're we're talking about like a billion marks here. I'll just print them. Um, but nah, okay. So I I do I I got you, I got you. So I mean. The way I spoke of it, it sounded a bit uh, different, but also I don't think I'll be able to make myself do it as well, just because I kind of don't know the risks of it. So it's not like I would do it, but it definitely sounds like, a, well, at some point where your life is like you're maybe 70 and everything's yeah, exactly. kind of negative, it will be like a, you don't lose much, right? Yeah, exactly. On a serious note, uh, it's something to try when the doctor says you have like one month left to live and you try your every skydiving can direct at the same time just to YOLO it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like it would and it can make like dying a lot more peaceful in general and like just you being high off your mind uh, probably is a sort of better way to. I mean, I guess that um, that kind of comes from a fact where like from our belief system because maybe it's it's a no-go for someone religious or obviously it is um but for us it does sound more interesting but yeah i don't know i think we've again stretched out quite a bit of a conversation around this um we'll see whether i have any reports to bring back for my grandma, I will make sure to ask her at some point, and we'll see if that makes it into um, the next episode. Which, um, I mean, at the moment, um, it's not. We're not sure what that would be. We do um, do keep in tune. We have uh, first starting the plan of a a conversation with your dad, right? Um, whenever we can make that happen, and then. Uh, also, your Taekwondo sensei. Um, these are two guests that are currently uh, we're working on, basically recording the episode with. And also, we're working on a series for YouTube, which would like um, different uni profiles to where we'll be speaking with all sorts of different students from students all over Europe. I would say Europe because. It is maybe possible to do outside of Europe people, but it will be a lot harder uh, and have like a little bit of a what it's like to study in this or that place, which might be helpful for people who are planning to get go on to higher education and stuff like that. So also uh, do check that out whenever that comes out. 
Um, but yeah, uh, in general, thank you very much for listening to another of our rambling sessions. Um, and uh, we'll be very thankful for you to show up for the next one as well. But as always, this has been Val. This has been Sachko. And, and see you for the next one.